Welcome to Untangling Christianity. On this show, John and Greg attempt to diffuse destructive ideologies, unsnarl confused ideas, consider love and truth in Christianity. Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Greg Monteith. Today's episode is the fourth of ten episodes, introducing and explaining a module of the First Steps curriculum. First Steps is the first level of curriculum within the Foundations of Flourishing program, a program that helps participants acquire the skills, dispositions, and knowledge needed to do two things. First, for Christians to develop a high level of satisfaction with their beliefs, and consequently, for these Christian beliefs to appear more legitimate and even compelling to those outside of Christianity. Second, having these skills, dispositions, and knowledge empowers Christians to dialogue respectfully and productively with non-Christians on matters of theological, scientific, and cultural importance. This module, Module 4 of the First Steps Curriculum, is entitled Dialogue Skills, Listening Gently, Speaking Honestly. Module 4 begins with discussing the differences between the homework from Module 3, where participants created qualitative or subjective assessments of various key Christian beliefs, and more objective assessments of Christianity. Module 4 then moves on to address a key skill for Christians, yet one that is mostly overlooked. Specifically, as a religion eager to communicate its belief to outsiders, many of which are unreceptive and even hostile to these beliefs, it is difficult to overstate the importance of good communication skills for Christians and the Christian Church. So I find it not simply ironic, but baffling that Christians pay so little attention to communication to the point that I have never heard of a church or Christian organization requiring members to learn basic communication skills. This module then focuses on interest-based communication. Now before I begin, I want to be very clear. The purpose of learning such communication skills is not for Christians to debate better or win more arguments with non-Christians, nor is the point of this module to provide tactics and techniques to help Christians to be more persuasive in presenting Christianity to outsiders. Instead, the point of this module, and the main value of learning interest-based communication skills, is to develop a fuller understanding of, first, the other person and her views on a certain topic, second, of myself and my views on the topic, and third, of the actual topic under discussion. Indeed, the orientation underlying the interest-based communication presented in this module is not an orientation aimed to defeat the other party's views or necessarily reveal the weaknesses in those views. That orientation only listens long enough to form a counter-argument, and so it only hears the points that are disagreed with or that seem problematic to the listener. By contrast, the, the orientation promoted here begins with listening openly and fully, but also includes speaking gently and sometimes critically. This orientation does not aim to undercut or disprove the other position, but seeks to understand it and uncover its true strengths. To do this, this module introduces the complementary opposition between affirmation and critique. In other words, participants learn to affirm others and the value of their views and develop the skills to offer critical responses to those views, yet to do so in a manner that opposes some of the content under discussion rather than disparages some individual within the discussion. Stated theologically, this orientation empowers participants to love others as themselves by valuing and respecting the ideas of others as their own. It also empowers participants to value truth-seeking and promote truth-telling 
without undercutting others or closing down conversations. Stated theologically, this orientation empowers participants to love others as themselves by valuing and respecting the ideas of others as their own. It also empowers participants to value truth-seeking and promote truth-telling without undercutting others or closing down conversations. There are at least four components that are necessary to the interest-based communication introduced in this module. First, good communication starts with listening, and particularly with active listening. Active listening begins with the assumption that understanding within communication is not automatic or guaranteed. We have to work at it. There are at least four components that are necessary to the interest-based communication introduced in this module. First, good communication starts with listening, and particularly with active listening. Active listening begins with the assumption that understanding within communication is not automatic or guaranteed. We have to work at it. So active listening is the art of attending closely to another person's speech in order to understand that person's views and what she or he values about them. The goal of active listening is correct understanding, because only by correctly understanding the other person can I be sure that we are actually talking to each other and about the same topic, and not talking across each other or simply at each other. The result of active listening is that it begins to set the other party at ease, which is the state of mind most conducive to a productive conversation. Second, good communication includes the art of asking appropriate questions. Particularly, this module teaches participants the value of open-ended questions, not only to understand another person's view better, but as a means to interact in the most respectful and humane way with someone that I don't know. Open-ended questions begin with the adverbs how, where, when, what, and sometimes who. The adverb why is mostly avoided, sometimes because questions beginning with why can seem jarring and even confrontational, sometimes because the scope of the question becomes too broad and so the discussion loses focus. Regardless of the reason, instead, try stating the question beginning with what. For example, instead of asking, why do you watch so much football, try asking, what about football do you find so interesting? Not every question is or needs to be open-ended. Close-ended questions, which are questions that are answered with a yes or no, also have their uses. In general, we use open-ended questions to gather information and grow our understanding, and we use close-ended questions to confirm such information and understandings. An example of using a close-ended question would be a question like, so you really like watching football because it reminds you of good times that you spent with your dad. Is that right? A third component of interest-based communication is the art of reframing. Reframing is restating a negative perspective positively. Reframing is not avoiding the negative or difficult subjects, or even simply being optimistic. Instead, reframing makes use of the view that all human wants are positive. We always want something, not the absence of something. So when people make negative statements of what they don't want or can't stand or won't put up with anymore, these expressions have a positive counterpart that we want or wish was the case instead of the negative situation that is being addressed. Reframing identifies this positive counterpart. So when someone complains that I can't stand the noise of his music, he plays it too loud every night. This statement could be reframed as, sounds like you want to have quiet enjoyment of your apartment and be able to relax in the evening. 
you can most often tell that a reframe is correct when the person making the negative statement responds emphatically. Yeah, that's what I mean. A fourth aspect of active listening is summarizing. Summarizing is rephrasing in your own words what someone has explained and echoing it back to the person in order to see how well they believe you've understood. When summarizing, participants will offer what they've heard the other person say and then ask the person to confirm how accurate their summary is by asking, is that what you meant? Or is that how you see it? Having introduced the skills of active listening, open-ended questioning, reframing, and summarizing, this module ties these together by examining the skill of dialogue or of conducting a conversation. Conducting a conversation requires having an interest in both the subject and the person. It means being aware of your own hot-button issues, things that you find worrying or irritating, and choosing to hold at bay the worry or irritation for the sake of understanding more and better. Understanding the other person, understanding yourself, and understanding the topic under discussion. So it requires both self-awareness and self-control, and yet also clear self-expression. Conducting a conversation is not all about the other party. Conducting a conversation is as much an art as a skill, though often only one of the parties will be a skilled communicator. So conducting a conversation begins with the more skilled party putting the other party at ease through active listening and then coming to understand the other party using open-ended questions, reframing, and summarizing to identify the other person's interests or their deeper reasons, rationales, and values relative to the topic being discussed. So interests are the deeper reasons, rationales, and values that we hold relative to the topic being discussed. Yet interest-based communication also includes me being aware of my deeper reasons, rationales, and values relative to the topic and expressing them gently but honestly, and sometimes assertively. Part of the difficulty that Christians face when it comes to valuing another person's ideas is that these ideas reflect not only people's experiences of hurt and longings, but also their beliefs, and often beliefs that run counter to Christianity. Here again, the complementary opposition between affirmation and critique, which I mentioned earlier, is helpful, and it offers a practical, productive counterpoint to the view that Christians are always obliged to defend Christianity or provide counter-arguments to every view that is critical of Christian belief. Finally, participants are shown how conducting a successful conversation requires several additional skills, dispositions, and points of knowledge. For example, the notion of limited responsibility helps conversations remain personal, but avoid personal attacks. Limited responsibility maintains that within a conversation, I am only responsible for myself responsible for listening respectfully and speaking honestly but gently, and not for what someone else thinks or says, or for changing someone's mind. Next, tact and timing allow difficult subjects to be discussed without either party feeling pushed too hard or too far, and so the discussion avoids degenerating into a dispute. In Christian or theological terms, important considerations about active listening and interest-based communication include how both may be ways of loving my neighbor and how both may promote truth in a manner that values persons without sacrificing honesty and possibly critique. All right, I want to welcome 
my podcast partner, John Polstra, to this part of the episode. Uh, John, so we're talking about communication skills. This is something I know you've got some background with. Um, I'm wondering, what did you see or hear in this that was interesting to you, thought-provoking, that you think people should keep in mind as they're going through it? You said this early on, and this just blew my mind. I think it's so true. (laughs) You said So I find it not simply ironic, but baffling that Christians (laughs) pay so little attention to communication to the point that I have never heard of a church or a Christian organization requiring members to learn communication skills. And I think the idea here behind this is the idea that you know, Christians are supposed to be telling other people about their faith. and But I think there's training in how to do good apologetics and how to convince people, but there's no communication 101 that says, you know what, good communication actually starts by really listening and truly hearing what the other person has to say, which is the whole point of your episode. <laughs> yes, and I think it's that Christians, between Christians and non-Christians, and also between one Christian and another Christian, there's certainly not a perfect fit in terms of understanding. So this uh, episode is working with the premise that communication is not guaranteed. Understanding is not automatic, right? And so we've got to work towards it. Yes. And I think what I think is funny, interesting, whatever, is that like this ability to listen well, Mm. it's, it applies to everything, every area of success in life. In general, let's just say in general, most success in life does come from a person's ability to communicate. Yes. Well, I mean, it's the whole idea that, and the, I guess the other piece with Christianity is we're so often thinking that what we're doing is giving information that people don't have, when in reality, people already have a lot of information. You know, whether that information is accurate or not is another question. And I deal with some of this in episode 164. It might be good to link to that. Uh, where, but what but, I think the fascinating thing you said there was giving people information. In other words, it's this idea of this one-way street. It's broadcast (laughs) only. It's a one-way direction. Let me broadcast this truth to you so that you'll have it. Versus the complete opposite, which is, how about if you broadcast your truth to me, and I'm just going to totally take it in and see if I can just totally get inside your world and totally enmesh myself in it. Yes, and to a certain extent, I think that what I would would have tried to communicate in, in the material for, about this episode is that that doesn't mean you lose the ability to be assertive and and potentially to be critical, right, of that other view. But I think what often takes place because we lack the communication skills, we haven't prepared the other party. The criticism comes across towards them, you know. And I see this all the time. You're, it appears like you're critical of the other person when I think what the words are really indicating for the most part, is that, that there's concern about an idea or there's disbelief, doubt, or you know, suspicion about an idea. And I think that's much more what you know, people want to communicate. And they don't, you know, so having the one, being able to listen fully and well to really understand, and yet also having the other, the ability to speak, to communicate, and potentially to be critical. But you we, can't do the second until you've done the first one. Exactly. Like, here's what's so powerful. So the tie-in that I see to this, particular topic is, so in my coaching training under the co-active coaching model, in fact, I have a, a podcast on this that's called What is Good Listening? And it explores, so the co-active coaching model has three levels of listening. Level uh-huh. one is, as, this, as you're listening, how does what the other person say affect or relate to me? It's all about you. Right. So I'm, as I'm listening to you talk, I'm just listening to the filter of how does, this, what, how does what Greg say relate to me or affect me. And, and we demo this in, in some of the classes, and it's just, 
it's just painful to watch and listen to because it's become so obvious. Level two huh. is completely about the other person. There's no focus on myself as I'm listening. It is completely and utterly on you. What is going right. on for you? What are the words you're using? What, what am I getting from you? And, and, and how is this all about you? And then mm-hmm. the third level goes a kind of a dimension beyond that, which is, and what's going on around us and you as you are talking? Is oh, that's your, so interesting. Is your voice changing in pitch? Right. Is it getting louder? Is it getting softer? Uh, is there emotion? Mm-hmm. Is there, you know, are there long pauses? Are there tears? Is there sadness? Is there excitement? Are they changing like rapidly from kind of like one extreme to the other? Like, but that third level of listening, like it takes work. It takes awareness. It takes a developed awareness. And having achieved that level of awareness, yeah, when I'm able to really do that with someone, then I have all kinds of insights. Yeah. I may not have like, here's how you should fix your life. But in terms of like what questions to ask next or how to probe a little deeper or how to say, wow. I'm hearing you say, I'm hearing some real tension between these two ideas. I mean, a little bit ago, like, there was some real sadness in your voice, and yet now there's excitement around this thing. Like, what's going on? What's that all about? Yeah, and I think that's very similar to the direction that I'm suggesting that people take through the content in in this module. There's self-understanding that happens. There's understanding of the other that happens, and then there's understanding of the topic under discussion that happens. Well, yeah, and I think a good way to wrap this one up is towards the end, you said, you know, part of the difficulty that Christians face when it comes to valuing another person's idea is the belief that our ideas reflect not only the person's experiences of hurt and longing, but also their beliefs, right. and often beliefs that run counter to Christianity. And then, right. where you, then where you push that was this notion that Christians often feel like they have this obligation to defend Christianity, and the sense of responsibility for the other person's comments or views. Yes, and I think where that ultimately goes is, it doesn't matter if you're a jackass, because really, it all comes <laughs> down to eternity. I'm being sarcastic. In other words, it's okay to be a jackass because, and, and maybe yeah. not deliver the truth in love, because ultimately, I think this is the mindset that people have, and I've experienced it, which is, mm. well, yeah, this affects eternity. Is it going to be in heaven or hell? So... If I can save you from hell and I have to be kind of a jackass to get there, you'll thank me later. And whereas my experience, what often happens is that's just another step away from being able to perceive a Christian message as having any value or any worth. And it just creates more and more of a wall against Christianity. So, Well, yeah, and I think maybe another way to, to bring this point home is when was the last time ever in your life that you believed someone because someone hit you over the head with a hammer? I mean, most yeah, things that we tables. believe really deeply, we experience it at a intrinsic level. Yeah. Kind of that level, like that level three listening thing I was talking about. Like there's, it's not just the words, but there's way more going on. And you, you can't pound that into someone's head with a hammer. You can scare them. You can use fear and all kinds of other manipulative techniques, but I don't think they last. Well, those are great points. Well, thanks for your insight, John. That's really helpful. You got it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Untangling Christianity podcast. A summary and resources for this episode are at our website, untanglingchristianity.com. If you'd like to join our private Facebook group or reach us by email, send your requests, questions, or even a simple hello to feedback at untanglingchristianity.com. 
Music on this podcast is provided by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com and is licensed under a Creative Commons license.